Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I think it's they've done a good job. I mean, I would give them a solid B, but when you have all that capital, you have $100 million to, to spend. I thought maybe they could have done some more to the trenches. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast because I never do that to you guys. You give me 30 minutes. I'm going to give you everything I got, every episode, every day, whether it's this show, the college draft, Fantasy Feast, which we'll record a little bit later this morning, the Even Money podcast, which had some very interesting betting tips as it relates to March Madness NCAA tournament, including Steve Fezzik's big, big miss that's gotten a lot of attention over the last week or so. It is a Wisdom Wednesday, and today we're getting the wisdom from a guy I have enjoyed following his career, Clay Harbor. Not only did he play nine years in the NFL, he is a fast riser right now in the media world. And I didn't even realize some of the unique stories about Clay, uh, The Bachelor. I didn't realize, you know, how he got started as a college football player. Really looking forward to talking with Clay, who's all over the Jags, Eagles, and Bears, and the tight end position in particular. We'll get to him momentarily. You know what it is. It's a new week. We'll have Greg Cosell tomorrow. I believe we're talking running backs. Got to verify that with Greg. I think we're talking running backs, and I got to get Greg's take on some of the latest free agent moves that have happened around the NFL. That's tomorrow, though. Today, we got Clay Harbor. Please give us a review on Ross Tucker Pod. On Facebook, that's how you're going to win the Spread the Word winner. I'm going to send you a signed autograph of whatever you want. Just give us a review on the Facebook page of Ross Tucker Pod. Then you can take, or you can take advantage of any of our sponsors. Haven't picked one of those winners yet this week. Sponsors page, RossTucker.com. And then the YouTube shout out, very cool. Love doing a personalized video for you guys, like I do for the people that. Hire me to do them on Cameo all the time. You get it for free. Just subscribe to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and hit the thumbs up button. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. 
All right, so as mentioned, you know, I've followed Clay's career as a player, obviously being in the media, and I've kind of seen what he's been doing over the last couple of years. I ran into him at an Eagles game, and it's just been good to connect. And I, you know, it's funny, you have like a list of people you want to get on the show. Clay's been on my list for a long time, so I'm glad <laughs> I was able to reach out. We were able to connect. You need to follow Clay on social media at Clay Harbs 82. He's killing it on Twitter at Clay Harbs 82. Nine years in the NFL. He's doing some speaking. He got his MBA from the Kelly School. He's doing a lot of stuff on the Bears, the Eagles, the Jags. Clay, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you having me on, Ross. It's uh, it's a good time. Always love talking birds. Always love talking bears and balls. So appreciate you having me on. All right. So I want to start with this, though. You have a unique story about how you even like got a college football scholarship. I mean, you wouldn't think a nine-year NFL player who crushed the combine and the pro day like you did, you wouldn't think a guy like you would have a tough time getting a college scholarship, but but you did. You're, I, I was reading about this. Your brother was involved somehow. Tell me the story. So yeah, my brother went to uh, Missouri State University to get a scholarship the year before me, and uh, I was wasn't getting very much interest. So at the time, you know, my brother starts talking to his coaches. Hey, you know, I have a brother that's that's playing very well. You guys should really give him a scholarship. And he kept at him and kept at him. Finally, they started looking at my tape and they liked me. And they finally offered me a scholarship. I was a guy that was better at basketball in in high school, and I was a you know was hooper. It always seems that tight ends have a, a basketball background, or at least a lot of them do. And uh, you know, my brother kept at the coaches, and finally they offered me a scholarship. So I always say my brother kind of convinced the Missouri State coaches to give me a scholarship. And if it wasn't for him, I mean, who knows? I I might not be be where I am today, or I might not have ever played in the NFL or even played college football. So was that the only offer you ended up getting? I got one offer from Missouri State University out of college, yeah. Wow, so wait a minute. But how, how like, big were you your senior year of high school, Clay? I was really – I was uh, about six foot three, 180 pounds as a wide receiver and a cornerback. I, uh, I gained 65 pounds in college and uh, moved to tight end after my – I spent two years at wide receiver – and uh, I moved to moved to tight end uh, on my sophomore season there, uh, redshirted, redshirt freshman. So the problem was I, I'm from such a small town, Ross. I'm from a small country farming community, three thousand people in the whole town. I graduated with less than a hundred kids, seventy kids. So I'm putting up great numbers, two thousand plus yards, twenty uh, something touchdowns in ten games. But I'm playing against the children of the corn. You know these guys are, are you know five foot eight you know, small country guys. So when the when the coaches look at this tape, they see me dominating, but they see who I'm playing against. They're saying, bro, you're basically playing by yourself. You know, you're catching routes on air because the school's so small. So that was the problem, why it was so difficult to really get, you know, attention from these bigger schools because of the competition level. That is so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was wondering – how a guy with your ability went to Missouri State. That makes a little bit more sense. So you got the late bloomer. You had to grow into being a, a tight end. Yeah. Um, you're right. A lot of people, a lot of tight ends have that story. Basketball guys, 
wide receivers, and then they get bigger and they get their weight up, but they're still able to maintain that athleticism. Before I move on to some of the other things going on uh, around the NFL, I did want to get – I talked a little bit about some of the things you're doing now, Clay, but I want to give you the opportunity because I always think it's interesting when you talk to a retired guy, you know, or a former player to just kind of get the lowdown on what you are up to now. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as as you said earlier, I'm uh, finishing up my MBA from Kelly School of Business, but I do keynote speeches. Um, last year, I think I did 22 uh, speaking events, which, uh, you know, I want to improve on that number this year so far. It's, uh, it's doing well. I basically speak on, you know, overcoming adversity and how habits and routines kind of change my life and help me to be more efficient and to, you know, be a better version of myself and help me to optimize. And then also I'm doing a lot of sports media stuff. I work for the 33rd team. It's a media company that Mike Tannenbaum founded. I work for Believe Network. I, uh, you're, I think, you know, Marshall Harris. I do the post game shows for CBS sports in Chicago with Marshall Harris and also work, uh, for NBC Sports on their Sports Night in Chicago. So I've been doing a lot of Chicago media stuff. I just hosted uh, 670 to score last night. Um, you know, I had part-time over there at the radio show. So just doing a ton of football stuff with a ton of different networks. And it's something that I really love and I'm passionate about because I just get to talk about football, use my knowledge base to you know, talk to fans and, and share my takes and my thoughts and being a Chicagoan. Uh, it, it's something that I love to do. So it's it's been awesome. It's been fun. And, uh, you know, I just love talking ball. It's funny, Clay, because you and I have uh, a similar – a couple similarities. Number one, I like to do spe- – I like speaking engagements as well. And I don't do as many as you do. Um, but I, I enjoy that. But then also, um, you know, I do a lot of Eagles media in Philly. But I never played for them. You know, yeah. and yeah. and you played Eagles, Jags, Patriots, Lions, Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, never played for the Bears, but you're from Chicago, <laughs> yeah. so you do a lot of Bears media. So I played for five teams like you, never the Eagles, but I'm from near Philly, so I do a lot of Eagles media. So you and I are sort of uh, in the same boat with that. So the one thing, I don't know, Clay, if I knew this, or I forgot it, but um, when I was reading up on you, you were on The Bachelor, but you hurt your wrist playing football. <laughs> like, is this true? Like, you got to tell me this. Oh, you had to go there, Ross. You had to go there, man. No, it's um, it's a funny story. I'll give you the the real story of what happened. So, uh, you know, I'm playing with New Orleans in uh, 2017. And the first game of the season, I ended up breaking my wrist and my toe in the same game. Broke my wrist first, tried to play through it. Just thought it was maybe, you know, a sprain or a stray, something like that, and ended up breaking my toe. Come back the next year, and, you know, I'm getting hit up to go in the bathroom. I'm like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? I've seen guys like Jesse Palmer and Jordan Rogers and guys that have, you know, really had some cool things come from the show. So I said, yeah, like, what's the worst that could happen? So I go on, and the producers are setting up this football game. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't really want to play a football game against, you know, a male model, a, a dictionary salesman, and a, uh, you know, another male model. Like, who knows? Like, some of these guys are uh, are very 
you know, very interesting cats out there. So eventually I start playing, but I'm just hanging back. I'm not going to do much. I just got cleared for my wrist. Literally just got cleared before I went on the show. Finally, the day, the game starts getting close. And of course the competitive juices start flowing. I'm like, all right, like, let me just, you know, take this and, you know, and, and score and win this game. So I go and I finally am going to do something. My first play, I run, I stiff arm a guy, and I just felt my wrist go. I go, okay, okay, this thing was never fixed. So it turns out that it was a misdiagnosis and my wrist was never fixed. And I found out, obviously, because it was the first time I did anything since the surgery, that it was never fixed. And I ended up having to go back and get a different surgery. And I had to leave the bachelorette. And um, it was a big dramatic. I'll send you a clip of it, Ross. You'll probably get a good laugh out of it. And uh, I had to leave and go home and get the surgery. And um, what you know, I ended up coming back and doing a spinoff show called The Bachelor in Paradise as well for a few weeks, which was uh, interesting. It was a fun time. You know, I made some friends from it. Looking back, I'm like, I have no idea why I decided to go on this show. But, uh, you know, it was fun. And I, I did make a lot of friends. So every time, um, you know, somebody asked me if, you know, how if I would do it again, I'm like, you know, yeah, I think it was fun. I'll be able to tell a lot of stories when I'm old sitting at the kitchen table. If I ever have kids, you know, hey, your, your, your dad or your grandpa was, you know, on this show and played this game of football. So it, it's a cool story. Yeah, why not? It's a great life experience, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a you know what? I look at it now. It's just a, it's just a funny story now. That's wild, though, that you had surgery and it was the wrong surgery. It didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. Um, let's talk, since you do so much Bears stuff, yeah. uh, I want to get your thoughts on the Bears moves because they're kind of the team that everybody's been talking about with the big trade with the Panthers and then being pretty aggressive in free agency, spending some money. Just your thoughts on what the Bears have done. Is it about what you expected? Do you think it's good? Are, are there stuff, more things they should have done? Where are you at with the Bears so far this offseason? I think it's they've done a good job. I mean, I would give them a solid B. But when you have all that capital, you have $100 million to, to spend. I thought maybe they could have done some more to the trenches. I think they did a great job in the linebacking core. They got T.J. Edwards. You know how good T.J. Edwards is on a pretty value value deal. Three years, $19 million for a guy that's played as well as him the last couple of years. Then you get Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, another big linebacker. So you solved the linebacking issues you had last year. You solved the wide receiver core. You got D.J. Moore in the trade. And, and you, you actually got some, you know, some decent players at the running back position. Donta Foreman. You, you got Travis Homer. You got Robert Tunyon as a backup tight end. You made some big, good moves. But the problem is you didn't do much for the trenches. The Bears' offense and defensive lines are tough. You got one player on the D-line. You got one player on the offensive line. Nate Davis is a right guard. The Bears' best offensive lineman is a right guard. So you bring in a right guard, now you're going to move the Bears' best offensive lineman to another position. A right tackle is what people are thinking. So in my opinion, you should have done more to the trenches. You still got the most cap in the NFL. You got forty million, but yet Foles wants to do this. You know, I, we're saving the money. We don't know. spend it. You saw what the Jaguars were able to do. It went from worst to first, but they did spend most of that money. I'm not saying you you have to spend it just to spend it, but you have 
options. You have opportunities to go out there and fix this offensive line for a young quarterback that's still below the league average, in my opinion. The defensive line, in my opinion, is still bottom five in the league like it was last year. So overall, I think they did some good things. I think the trade was was good. It wasn't great. Maybe you could have got more if you traded down twice. You traded that one pick to the to the Texans for two, and maybe you trade it to the to the Colts for four because they want a quarterback. And then from four, you got the the Panthers who need a quarterback. Then you trade trade from four to nine. You could have got maybe more capital, but a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. You got DJ Moore. You got the two firsts. You got a second this year. You got a second next year. So overall, I think it's been a good job, a good offseason, but not great. Um, you mentioned the Jaguars. That's another team that obviously you keep track of because of your career there. Uh, they did make a pretty good leap last year. You think they'll make another leap this year? I, I don't think there's much much more of a leap to make. I mean, they were close, man. They they made the second round of the playoffs, and they played the, the Chiefs tough. People look at that game, they you know, they lost by nine or ten, but there was a couple of plays there, and I know I know people are gonna say Patrick Mahomes was hopping around on one leg the whole game, but still they played him tough. Doug Peterson has that team, has that offense looking good. And Trevor Lawrence is gonna continue to get better. Why? He's a year older, he's only twenty three, he'll be twenty four, and now you got a guy named Calvin Ridley. Obviously he hasn't played in a couple of years, but Doug made the best free agent signing of the year during the season. And you got Calvin Ridley, guy that's had 1,400 yards. He's a true number one receiver. Now Christian Kirk's going to get better matchups. Zay Jones is going to get better matchups. Evan Ingram came back. They signed him on a franchise tag. They did lose Jawan Taylor, but Walker Little, their right tackle, is a guy, in my opinion, he can do everything Taylor can. He's a second-round pick from Stanford. You kind of prepared for this. So they lose Arden Key. They get a pass rusher on the draft. I think Will McDonald's a guy that should be there at 24 that I love. So I think the uh, I think the Jaguars in a good position and Doug Peterson in a good position to repeat what they did this year. I wanted to ask you as well. I think I saw a tweet from you about Nathaniel Hackett. Were you guys together at some point, Clay? Yeah, Nate was uh, was offensive. Uh, no, he was the quarterback coach in uh, in Jacksonville when I was there. And did I did I read you said you were impressed by him or something like what? What yeah. did you say about Hackett? So here, I know people give Nate a hard time, his clock management. You know, he was 3-14 and 14 or 2-14 and 14 in, in Denver. But Nate, as an offensive coordinator, I mean, he's an intelligent guy. As a, as a quarterback coach, he knows what he's doing. He's a fun guy. People like He's a goofball. People like to be around him. He's funny. He has fun. And he's just a real dude. Some of the coaches can get a little intense and, you know, things get – you know, the pressure, Nate's always a guy that's true to who he is. He's a ton of fun. He knows ball. He knows the quarterback position. He knows how to coach. And I was just saying, people are like, why is Aaron Rodgers so so in love with Nate Hackett? This guy's a terrible coach. Nate Hackett's a good coach. He's a great coach. He had a tough time as a, as a head coach. But as a position coach, offensive coordinator, Nate is a great guy to be around. He's a guy that knows his stuff. And when he's talking – He's got the whole room at attention. Nate's a, a guy that you want to be your coach. Interesting. You know, I like hearing stuff like that uh, because so often you don't, you know, like some, yeah. so often you, you don't hear the people that have actually worked with him. So that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. I guess the last question would be um, just as it relates to the Eagles, and maybe it's more about your experience. Like you played for five teams. 
I would think that there was a big difference between the Eagles and the Jaguar Jaguars. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference? Since those are the teams you played with the most between uh, playing for those two teams, whether it's the fan base or the attention, maybe oh, it's just man. the media. Since yeah. you had good long stints with both those teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think you said it. It's the, you know, the fan base. The Eagles have one of the most passionate fan bases in the in the league and professional sports, in my opinion. And going from a city that's just so passionate, like Philadelphia, the fans care so much about the game, and you love that, that energy, that vibe. And then going to Jacksonville, you know, it's kind of backwater. You're in Jacksonville, Florida. You don't got that many fans. I think it's probably the smallest market team in the league. But I, I still love my time in Jacksonville, but but you said it. There's not much media attention. The the games are rarely sold out. I mean, you can look up, you can see your mom, your dad and in the stands, you know, wave at them, say, hey, dad, you know, hey, mom. But, you know, in Philly, obviously, the link, you're not able to do that. But the big difference to me was the, was the fan base and the media attention. It was so much more fast-paced in Philly, so much more attention, and Jacksonville is kind of a backwater. And then going from Jacksonville – New England. I didn't have a long uh, stint there, but I mean, you go from Gus Bradley to Bill Belichick, man, this is this accountability level just spiked it, it, insane. Like Gus is all about positive reinforcement. You know, just do your best. You go to Bill and say, if you don't, if you don't get the job done, you're out of here. So it's, uh, it was fun. You know, I wish I wouldn't have had to travel as much in my career, but I did get to experience a lot of cool cities and a lot of organizations. So I'm grateful for that. He's at Clay Harbs 82, which is a, a great place to follow him, know everything he's up to. ClayHarborOnline.com is his website as well. Clay, really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it, Ross. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Great to have Clay Harbor on the show. Great to drink Labatt Blue Light. Look, it's Wednesday. Tomorrow night, Sweet 16 games start. So while you're like me, and you're watching the hoops, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with Roger Goodell is going to sign a multi-year contract extension while Patriots linebacker Dante Hightower announces his retirement after 10 seasons in the NFL. Well, congratulations to Dante. Anybody that plays 10 years like that, the way he played, very physical linebacker, uh, that's awesome. Won three Super Bowls, made a bunch of money. Yeah, that's a tremendous career. As for Roger Goodell, speaking of tremendous career, I mean, I read where he's he makes $64 million a year, which is more than any player, and he's made over $500 million as commissioner of the NFL. And that is just more than any NFL player ever, which I'm not hating on him for it. Like, he has created and grown the pie significantly for the owners. Now, part of me says, well, how much is that really his doing or how much of that's just kind of the momentum or the power of the NFL? Well, it's grown significantly under his watch, and at a minimum, he hasn't screwed it up. So, you know, the owners see that, and... Now, there's some owners that don't think he should get paid that much. I remember Jerry Jones was fighting it, but the others don't seem to have a problem with it. Tuck Stakes. The Texans signed tight end Dalton Schultz and running back Devin Singletary. I like these moves. I really do. I mean, I, I think the Texans are likely to have a young quarterback, 
And so I like the idea of having a very professional, accomplished tight end in Dalton Schultz. I'm actually mad. I forgot to ask Clay about this. But the tight end market has been soft. Gesicki and Dalton Schultz both got a lot less money than I was expecting them to get for whatever reason. So I thought that was noteworthy. And Singletary is a guy that um, obviously – you know, Buffalo was ready to move on from, but I thought he did some good things last year. I thought he was better this passion than he had been the year before. Tuck Stakes. The Eagles signed safety Justin Evans and linebacker Nicholas Morrow. This is kind of what the Eagles do, right? Is when they have clear holes on their roster, they will sign guys that are at least serviceable. Evans had a couple injury-plagued years, but he started, I think, five games last year for the Saints. Morrow started every game for the Bears, led them in tackles. And so, you know, I'm not sure the Eagles are done at either one of those positions, but they at least have guys with starting experience and a baseline, a floor, if you will, at those positions. Tuck Stakes. The Bills make some additions on offense, signing wide receiver Trent Sherfield and running back Damian Harris. So the Bills basically replaced Devin Singletary with Damian Harris, who I like because I I think Harris is a better fit for the Bills because he's kind of a bigger, more powerful banger of a back as opposed to James Cook. You know, I think they complement each other well. James Cook's a little more of an outside guy, a receiving threat. It's like a thunder and lightning, so to speak, where a Singletary and Cook in Buffalo were pretty similar. And and they got Harris for less money. I think half the money that Singletary got, he is going to be one motivated young man to try to get a better offer. Tuck Stakes. The Cowboys signed running back Ronald Jones and defensive end Dante Fowler. I thought that was interesting, the Ronald Jones signing with the Cowboys. I mean, he just hasn't played very much or done very much in recent years. Fowler is a guy that Dan Quinn has a lot of experience with, so they brought him back. Just want to make sure they have that edge rusher depth. I like what the Cowboys have done this offseason. I mean, trading late-round picks for Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Cowboys are, are being very aggressive this year, and I like it. Tuck Stakes. And a bunch more signings across the NFL. The Falcons signed wide receiver Matt Collins. The Bengals signed safety Nick Scott. The Chiefs signed linebacker Drew Tranquil. The Cardinals bring in wide receiver Zach Paschal. The Raiders signed O.J. Howard. And the Browns signed quarterback Josh Dobbs. So, okay, I'll go one at a time quickly. Matt Collins is sort of your ideal number four receiver, but... He put up numbers last year for the Raiders. He had a really good year. I was actually surprised the Raiders didn't try harder to bring him back. But he's always been good on special teams. He's always been a good physical blocker. I think he's a really good four that if somebody gets hurt can be one of your three guys. The Bengals needed a guy like Nick Scott with losing Von Bell and Jesse Bates. And he's kind of in the same mold as those guys. Probably not as good, but he's a hitter. He was good on special teams. He used to be a running back at Penn State. Just a professional. 
I was surprised the Chargers didn't try harder to bring Drew Tranquil back. I'm not exactly sure what the deal was there, but my guess is he goes to the Chiefs and plays really well. Pascal uh, did a really solid job for the Eagles last year as a number four receiver. I think he believes he'll get a chance to be a top three guy with the Cardinals, with uh, Jonathan Gannon, who he obviously knows well, which is why I think he did that. O.J. Howard, the Raiders are not done at tight end. Maybe they sign Austin Hooper, who I think they did a visit with. Maybe they get a guy in the draft. It's supposed to be a really good draft for tight ends, which is why I think a little bit the tight end market has been depressed a little bit. And then Josh Dobbs obviously fared very well for the Titans when he came in last year. And he had been with the Browns in training camps. So now he gets to go to Cleveland and be the clear number two for the Cleveland Browns behind Deshaun Watson has a uh, similar skill set to Watson in terms of the athleticism, be able to make plays on the move. And so I think that's a good fit for him. Shout outs always. How about this? It's less than two months. Okay. From mother's day. Don't screw this up. There is no better mother's day gift. It's my front page story.com. It's a story written all about your mom or your wife, any of the mothers in your life that tells them just how you really feel about them. Nothing is like this. Myfrontpagestory.com. Trust me, if you use the code RTFP10, by the way, you get 10% off. The other shout-outs are backofficescheduler.com, Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com, sportaculture, and, of course, the delicious Pizza Boy Brewing. Check out the Even Money. We'll have Greg tomorrow. Please try to be the spread the word winner with that Facebook review right now or a sponsor confirmation or the YouTube. And other than that, oh, Fantasy Feast. We'll be detailing more of these latest skill position signings uh, like only Joe Ken with great stats to back up his information on the fit for these skill guys with your team. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.